Welcome to the To Watch Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I am new to watching Who. Yeah, watching for the very first time. Very first time. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are coming to you live from Professor Zaroff's lab. Yeah. It's been drained out. Uh, it smells a bit of fish. It's a bit damp, but it's all right. It's all right. It's been salvaged. Yes, sure, yeah. Mark. Yeah, sure. Any comment? I have nothing to add. <laughs> On your surroundings? Um, it's wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've set up in the lab and um, <laughs> for today's episode. <laughs> I can't wait to see how long this keeps up because, yeah, go on, carry on. We're in the lab. interesting. We've got a special guest today. Um, I've set up the Time Space Visualizer in the corner. Of course. If all is well and everything is set up and working... Uh, Peter, are you there? I am. I'm Hello. coming through fine. I'm just uh, at the moment. I'm just looking at um, Professor Zaroff's pet octopus. He's been fed. It's oh, right. encouraging it! Thanks, Peter. I saved him from the <laughs> sea in the flood. Um, so yeah, welcome back, Peter. Uncommon pilgrim on Twitter. So you were with us on our gunfighters episode. Yes, first gunfighters now underwater menace. Uh, yeah, two, two of very- the highlights there. It'll become apparent that I have um, high opinions of both. It's good that somebody does. <laughs> not the same. We both do. We enjoyed this. Yeah, but you didn't like the gunfighters. Oh, no, I did not like the gunfighters. But this, loved. Yeah. Uh, so, Peter, you are on a on a marathon watch at the moment. Yes. Um, I I can't remember where I was. I think I was mid-second doctor when we when I, I, I joined you for the gunfighters. Yeah. I'm currently um, sort of one-fifth of the way through the third Doctor and I've had a bit of a break because the Blu-ray release of the following series is um, imminent or in the next month or so. Yes, I want to um, wallow in the um, high-definition-ness. Yes, yeah, and all the extra special features and the the amazing Blu-rays, which I am not collecting. I'm shocked. I know. Well, I didn't start, so it's too late now. It's too late now, unless I want to use all my savings on getting, like, the last. (laughs) Yeah, you go into Entertainment Exchange and they are literally, like, £200. Really? Yeah, they're about £200 each because they're limited edition. Oh, I see. And and they go up on pre-sale and everyone just gets them straight away. Why have they done such small runs? You get, you get like the panic buyers as well. Like, not panic buyers, what do you call them? Like People s- who buy, buy... Scalpers. Fleecers? Scalpers, Scalp- that's it. Yeah. And whack them on eBay. Yeah, and they go on eBay for so much, yeah. But then people that have started, you're going to have to like pre-order them all now. I wish I'd been more selective. I mean, uh, with, well, yeah, with but... series that I like more than others. Oh, well, I'm holding out <laughs> I'm holding out for the, the mega box set of all of them at once. Oh, when they've when they're done, I reckon 60th anniversary. Well, who knows how the underwater menace will be presented in a in a sort of special blue well, yes. edition? Because yes. its presentation is a bit of a, a bone of contention amongst fans on the on the DVD. So shall we? Well, let's get into the underwater menace. Great segue there into today's story. So underwater menace. Well, so only episode three survived for a very long time. I had that on VHS. Tell us your story. Uh, well, it was our, It was in the Ice Warriors box set. They did a sort of missing... They did a couple of missing episodes on, oh, okay. on its own VHS. I got that for Christmas. I definitely got that at Christmas, uh, what, 98 maybe? I remember watching The Underwater Menace on Christmas morning. Oh, <laughs> just that odd episode of it. Yeah, just that episode three as well out of all of them. So I know episode three really well, but then... Well, then episode two turned up at the same time as Galaxy 4, but then didn't get a release for ages and ages and ages. And then it got a DVD release a few years later. They were going to animate the the two missing episodes, and that just for various reasons didn't happen, I believe. So we were left with basically a a very, very primitive slideshow of still images that stayed on screen for about three minutes at a time. Imagine like the telesnaps, but they don't change very much at all. You've got big chunks of audio with just like nothing happening on the screen. So that's the official BBC version. Right. We did not do that, <laughs> Which though. we didn't do in the end, uh, because it is so bad. But it's not that loved a story by fans, I would say, just to begin with. Mm, yeah. 
I think maybe marginally improved since the episode two. Very marginally. Maybe, yeah. If you go on just the existing episode three, yeah, I didn't really find it very interesting at all. I think episode threes are always bad ones to survive on the Todd because sort of episode one, episode two is the sort of setup, episode four is the payoff, and episode three of a four-parter is just sort of pottering along. And, th- and then you get the fish dancer, fish dance in the middle. Oh. Is that in episode three? Yeah. See, now, aren't we glad that there was episode three for the fish dance? We have very different... I love the fish dance. Let's let's talk about it from the beginning, though. I quite, I quite like the fish dance. Let's okay. go to the well, beginning. So we started with which version of the... Okay, so we did a, a fan reconstruction that you recommended, Peter, to us. Yes, which I find <laughs> the easiest to watch. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's got a lot more movement on it. I laughed a lot. So we had to get used to the style. Well, Sarah had to get used to the style of that <laughs> of that version. I could. It was like when it was uh, them going into a cave, but obviously it's not the back of them, so they just slide backwards. So it's sort of photoshopped Ooh. images that move move around a lot more than you would get on just your normal telesnaps. Yeah, yeah. and I, I love the first appearance, the dramatic first appearance of the fish person as well. Sort of poking <laughs> its head up from behind a rock. I love it. It's yeah. so cheesy, but like. You can tell there's so much just dead as well, like dead silence in it. It's nice to see some sort of movement, even if I laughed through most of it. So once we got past that, we got into the story a bit. This is Jamie's first proper story on board the TARDIS. So in the Highlanders, we were quite shocked that he's not really in the Highlanders that much. Just nothing. No, that surprised me too when I rewatched it last time. I think it's Annika. I think it's, I'm, I'm getting Annika and Polly, I'm like amalgamating both. Polly's like, you know what, let's bring along Jamie. Well, yeah, it's yeah, it's Polly that says it and she doesn't yeah. really know him that well. So he's on board the TARDIS and... Which yeah. just, I mean, I've already said this, but that sums up that character to a T, i.e. Polly slash arsehole. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're explaining to Jamie about the TARDIS. He takes it very well. He's not that bothered. We put together a list of things that Jamie isn't put off by. Just generally, he's just watching this story. Just watching yeah. this story. So, so the TARDIS, like he's pretty like, oh, what's this? Oh, okay. Like he's not that phased by it. They've done things a very different way than what they did with Katarina, where Katarina needed every single thing explaining. <laughs> Jamie, they've gone That's down it. the other route of it being a bit silly how much he doesn't need explained, but it does make an easier watch. Well, yeah. yeah, they had to. Yeah, they had, they had to do Compass, you've yeah. put. What was the compass? Well, I think someone had a compass and he just seemed to know. He's cool with that. He was fine Torches, not a problem. Straight up. Yeah. Give it, like Not like, where is this light source or anything. Like, torch, he's yeah. cool with it. Wetsuits. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, Stick him in a wetsuit. He's like, yep, yeah, fine. Yeah. Gold gravy. Like the 60s mining gear and stuff. Yeah. And everything. He's not bothered about what's going on. Has he made much of an impression on, on you, Sarah? Um... I mean, I guess, I sort of. So I said to Mark about, maybe it was the third episode I said it, I was like, I reckon that there is a great side story here of Jamie and Polly, like, getting it on. And there's there's a line. What did what did they say to us right, at the okay. end? Well, we, we're, we're skipping right to the end. So at the end, when <laughs> Jamie is sort of rescuing Polly out of the underground. Yeah. Well, yeah, just so just as they're climbing out and Polly has a moment where she's like, oh, I can't do it, I can't get out, I can't get out. And it's the telesnaps, so you can't really see what's going on. No use, I won't, Jamie. Come on. No, 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 I can't, Jamie, I can't, I can't. Polly, I can't, I Polly. Can't. Come on, I'll help you. And you just hear her screaming and then suddenly there's... Like silence. Oh no, no! He goes like, "You can do it." You can. Do it. She's like, "No, you can do it." And then it is just the the silence. It's silent, and then and then they're out. And the next telly snap is her looking absolutely. But it's this. I can't remember what you, she says. Something like, "I couldn't have done it without you." Something like that. I can't remember. And then the silence, and then the next image is her looking really like guilty because Ben appears. And I'm like, I'm telling you now, like, in my head, they just had a snog there. Like, they've had this, like, high tension. And then high tension got out, passionate moment. And then, 
all right, boyfriend Ben turns up and she's like, oh, shit, because the next telesap, she looks guilty as anything. I feel like you just turned into sort of carry-on-up Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> so he's probably just putting his hand out to help her, but you've imagined all this, I've imagined like, a whole side just story. just like kissing her. I imagine it was more than kissing Mark that I was imagining <laughs> them. It was like really intense moment. And she sort of comes out looking really... The well, next she's thing, been climbing out of Atlantis. I know, she looks really bedredged, so like it just didn't add to it. I was just like... They've had it on. Well, I mean, there is a bit of a, a rivalry, if like just for screen time, I think, and that you've got Ben and Jamie basically doing the same thing. I mean, yeah. when you had Ian, Susan, Barbara, and Ian, Vicky, Barbara, at least Barbara and Vicky were two distinct characters. And I think at the moment, Ben and Jamie are doing the same thing. They have the same role in the story. Because then why did they need to bring Jamie in, even? Like, I, what was the decision? I liked it. I prefer him to Polly. I think the the explanation that I've read before is that the Doctor's a bit more um, with it from my, in a 60s point of view, and he, he's more sort of modern and relatable, and he's got a Beatles haircut, and he's got like two sort of hip young things from the 60s, and then there's nothing that really makes it alien or otherworldly or things right. I'm explaining. Mm. So I think they've basically given him like a... Not a not a child character, but Jamie, who's a little bit bit he's a little bit more out of his depth in situations because otherwise I think Ben and Polly are a bit too capable. Yeah. And I think the the three of them, potentially I think the three of them are a little bit smug because they walk into like the Highlanders and they're like, Oh yeah, Scotland. We know all about they this. Sixteen hundred. You didn't like that moment where cause she finds that necklace thing in the cave. This yeah. is the Mexico Olympics or something. And she says, um, oh, I know where we are. Yeah. Like, and that was the line that you picked up. I was like, like oh. shut up. Like, like any other character would have been like, look what I found, Doctor. Or maybe this helps or something. Do you know what I mean? And she's like, I know. Well, well, she has so a little pal-, cool. pal in this story. The, um, the seashell girl who wanders yeah. around with her. Now, I liked her. Yeah, yeah, we liked her. We yeah. liked her. Um and again, just comparing Polly in the thanks, Mark. Just comparing Polly in the Highlanders to this Polly in Highlanders with because we also watched the um, special features. So we watched the making of Underwater Menace on the DVD. Yeah, I watched that today too. She talks about how she doesn't have you know it's really nice to be with another girl and like well literally the episode before. She was with a girl. Kirsty. Like, and she was a bitch with her. She was horrible with her. And yeah, really, she really just was, yeah. full of herself. And like, like she just knows everything. She falls down a pit and she's just nasty to her for falling down a pit and all that sort of thing. I don't know whether someone's like given her a slap on the wrist or something and said, you know, stop being a bitch on screen or something. Because this person <laughs> she's absolutely fine with. This Well, she's a bit a little bit wimpy. I mean, it said in the special features that she seemed to object to the fact that she's so scared of things. But, I mean, I think she has good reason to be scared in this story. I mean... They're turning yeah. into a fish. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, you're going to be... That's it. And it's... Like, alarmed. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, it, I said to her, it's almost like she wants to be a female version of the Doctor. That's what she wants her character to be. She wants to be, like, the female... And she has such self importance to herself that she believes she kind of is as the only female i love how the delivery of it is like it's the way anika does it so it's you're not turning me into a fish it's not your it's not you're not turning me into a fish it's the fact <laughs> yeah. it isn't the fact that it's a fish yeah. that you're getting turned into it's the fact that it's her it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn, i'm not gonna get turned me. into a fish you can, turn, you can turn them into a fish that is her twitty and it just her character just comes across as just bit of a bitch just really full of herself i mean she's supposed to be a, a posh i mean ben keeps calling the duchess yeah so she's supposed to yeah a little bit like that yeah well so when they when they're on the beach at the beginning they all sort of go off like the doctor goes off on his own suddenly polly's off on her own ben probably knows jamie the most because they've spent most of the highlanders together so he's like you know let's go yeah but they all sort of go off on their separate ways a bit 
I think uh, it's interesting at the, going back to the very beginning in the TARDIS they have a little internal monologue of where they want to be please let it be Chelsea 1966 I hope it's a Daleks I don't think prehistoric monsters what have I come upon? A really strange moment. Is that just like to? It's just a show off. Just to. It's just a show off to Jamie. I don't know if they're speaking out loud or whether it's like some sort of. It's. I think it's a voiceover. Yeah. Because they do that it, sometimes. I, <laughs> yeah, occasionally it can happen. So it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be like yeah. Ben's had dialogues to himself in a room. Like, oh well, how do I get out of here? Hmm. And yeah. that's a bit out loud. So it wouldn't surprise mm. me if Polly was like really vocal as if she knows everything like she just totally understands space well, so she gets travel. captured in this cave and they all take this lift down yeah. to atlantis so this was the first time i've really sort of followed episode one i've only ever watched episode three so it was interesting to actually see how it's set up and how they get there so then they go through and they have that sea buffet we like yeah. seeing the buffet. We love a buffet. We love a bit of food. <laughs> we love a buffet. Out of all the buffets, a sea buffet would be the worst. Why? I don't know, like plankton and stuff, or like, what is it, white bait? I've oh, had I that love before. No, I ordered that once, oh, yeah. not knowing what it was, and all these like fish <laughs> heads. heads were there. And I, was like, oh. I mean, it just looks like he's getting his fingers right in there. Like, I mean. They're just. <laughs> They're not, like, bothered about anything. It's really interesting you said that they are just sort of, like, as if they're so, like, Well, also, well, the thing is, that it's very it clear, then, into episode one, the Doctor knows who Zaroff is already. Yeah. He sort of knows it all. That annoyed me. It's like a classic he's Doctor. He's like, I know who he is, I know where we are, I know what he's planning, and you find it all out pretty quickly. He doesn't know what he's planning. Well, well like, then they but, have that chat, don't they? Yeah, and, and he's, he's like, like, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, but he knows, how does he know who, who but, he is? You could make an argument that it sort of speeds up the narrative a bit. They've done this got, with the old Doctor, where they were just like, but you've yeah, got he knows. plenty of characters to go off investigating for a bit. Yeah. It's a little bit yeah. like um, the War Machines, where he just rocks up and he's like, "Yep, Professor Brett, Post Office Tower." Yeah, straight yeah, yeah. in. Yeah, straight in. He knows who everyone is. And oh yeah, okay. Speaking of Professor Brett, I was trying to think, what mad scientists have we had before? Like, obviously, Zaroff is the like the craziest, but. All I could think of was Professor Brett, who just seems like... Which is the one like, from no, London? Yeah, Professor oh, Brett. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. Scenes. We haven't had any other mad scientists so far. I suppose you, you mostly associate, like, mad scientists with, like, modern-day stories and near mm-hmm. future. And mostly it's been very far future with the first Doctor or um, or the past. And, I mean, with the 10th planet as well, that because it was in a, in a sort of... A, a base in the South Pole or whatever it is, it, it doesn't really lend itself to that. But yeah, whether or not we end up with more mad scientists soon, I won't. I won't spoil that. Mm. But and it's not really clear what year year it is. Don't they mention? Isn't the um, the Mexican symbol medallion or whatever it is that's supposed to be for the Mexico Olympics? Yes, that's the next year. Which I guess suggests that it's in the next sort of I don't know. In the near future. I don't know, because when you're watching it, though, because, like, watching episode three all this time, I just didn't really think. I just, it seemed it could just be on another planet, which it sort of is in Atlantis, and it's not in a real place. Well, it's not very Atlantis-y, is it? Because you think of Atlantis and you think sort of ancient Greece and a little bit mm. like tridents and all that yeah. sort of thing. Well, but there is well, there's a sort of modern, modern element, too, in that you've had Zaroff come down and introduce... Presumably yeah, wetsuits and all they've done to make it like Atlantis is to stick shells and fish on stuff. Mm. And I mean, the, the yeah. guns are modern guns, and presumably, then, like yes. Zaroff just brought a, a suitcase full of like modern things down with them. And so, what I don't get is when did so like they... so it's set in the future, yeah. but like a, a, a minimum a year ahead. But so it's either been the all this technology and Atlantis has always been there because it it didn't just like appear. Yeah, so They've obviously all... built to that point, or it's so f- much further in the future that is a relic that's just been found in a cave, and this is what the future could be. This level of technology. Well, yeah. Well, I wonder how I long Zaroff's been down there. Because exactly, I can't remember what the situation. Does he? He's 
presumed dead, and then he's actually in Atlantis. Oh yeah, I get. I thought that he was this well-known scientist in the known world, and yeah, he disappeared, and he'd been living under in Atlantis all this time. But then it makes sense now because now I've watched the beginning of the story. He explains, "I've come into Atlantis and brought this technology in." I just thought, watching the later episodes, that that was just the design. We've got. 60s mining wetsuits fish things and hats and shells and stuff i just thought that was the strange design and that hat that um the priest guy wears it's like cheese strings we said <laughs> the cheese the cheese string hat i like the costumes in this i don't it's, they've just gone overboard on the shells and things i think yeah but it's in atlantis like, they don't all have to wear seaweed and shells and but also they got the whole Mark. time yeah i suppose yeah there's an, there's an interesting juxtaposition so between like the, shell, the shells and the the atlanteans are all wearing the shells and the cheese strings and the um scientists are wearing like the just your white lab coats and you, you've Wet got suits. your wetsuits there as well for the guards yeah. so yeah. it's like all of the baddies all the baddies are like modern dressed you've even got um juxtaposition between the types of music as well because you've got the um, the sort of um, the chanting for the for the um, the temple, and then you've got the opposite of modern, uh, the, the very 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 modern music when the fish people are doing the little ballet. Oh, that's yeah. awful music. I hate that music. <laughs> I just made me laugh. It just it just goes on too long. The sequence. That whole sequence just goes <laughs> I on. I loved it. You could cut that in half completely. I just, you need like I love, 30 seconds of that at the most. I love, like, because we were talking, we are like, have they filmed, like, through an aquarium, camera, aquarium, empty plot with like, people like, on string? Strings, yeah. Wires, yeah. But then, you, but then you get little bits and fish ta- in, like, tanks. You get tanks yeah. where they're like, are you not, are you not men? And they're like, no, we're, we're <laughs> female ballet bar- dancers. <laughs> I loved it. But like, it's that whole anecdote from the special features of the director of the Highlanders was approached to do this one. Um, but he had a mate who was working on Thunderball, I think, which um, James Bond film that's mostly set underwater, a very large chunk of it set underwater. And he was like, hey, I know you're working on this underwater James Bond film. Can I do it with this budget? And he was like, no. Well, they did. In, well, yeah, but... I found it just really twee. But, like, not in a... Normally, that sort of thing really annoys me. Like when I think of um, uh, bumblebees, web planet, web planet. So anything like that. But I think it's because they went to the extra effort with the flying. I think so. It does make it work. Whereas, like if it had just been walking in the bottom of the water, like <laughs> boom, 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 <laughs> I'd have been like, "This is shit." But it like yeah, they but, do yeah, really they try can't... to fly very well they're like this like half sideways sort of and yeah some of them can just sit there fine (laughs) i just sit the bottom it's the underwaterness that lets it down i think it's the costumes i think i think the very fact that you went is it filmed through a fish tank or is it actually underwater or what i mean oh no i initially did think it was underwater i did genuinely there was like a split moment where i was like they done this and I, was, and I was like they wouldn't be able to breathe you'd just see air bubbles and then so then I was trying to work out how did they do it like and I quite liked that by that initial second I was like I mean the reason that sequence isn't short is probably because they spent half of the story's budget on the whole the costumes and the wires and everything but the costumes yeah. I think okay. they're great okay so the fish people like the proper fish people are good like let's call them fish people A class A but then you've got sort of the, the just the people with a, a leotard and a, what are they called? Oh, goggles. Goggles. Yeah. So did they run out of money? Surely they should, if they all look like the fish people, that would be great. I dug out an explanation of this, actually. Um, where is it? I'm just, um, I dug out the um, the Black Archive edition for um, The Underwater Menace, which is a sort of textbook about the making of. And um, apparently... There's like a sort of production memo. Documentation suggests a story reason for this, which is never revealed on screen. And apparently there's a note um, from the director that says, fish people developed from pre-flood equals full masks. Operated on fish people equals gills and waists, no ears or hair. So there's that differentiation, but it's never actually (laughs) differentiated. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That does make sense. I did understand it more as like, 
when I watched it, I thought some of the proper fish people were very fish people and the other ones were maybe like early fish people. Like, because I said to you at one point when we watched it, like, oh, they're not there yet or something like that. Like, <laughs> early fish person. If Annika, if Polly got turned into a fish, she, they were just going to put a scuba mask on her, weren't they? And like, maybe, That's what it like, been, I don't yeah. know, put carve some yeah. gills in. It's quite... Uh... Violent the way they sort of hold her down and try and inject it's really her. Really violent. I said to you, like even right. us, well, got cut, we got didn't it? it? Yeah. Speaking of first first encounters with this story, mine was with the Lost in Time DVD, which had lots of sort of orphaned episodes, and you had the episode three, which is the only one that existed at the time. But you also had the Australian censor clips, which were like the smugglers, the violent bits that they cut out. Yeah, mm. and. Basically, that consisted of for the underwater menace, the end of episode one, beginning of episode two, cliffhanger. And it is no surprise, really, that they cut it out because it's, it's, it's pretty violent. Pretty, I mean, mm. here's my other thing I've noticed with Polly she plays it like she's in a Shakespeare. Like, she, she sort of, even when she talks about it now, it's as if she's some great Shakespearean actress that, like, you know, you're in Doctor Who Love as a companion for a bit, like, get over it. But that scene, the way she sort of... The reason I feel it's, like, so, like, uh, dramatic, it, it's her. She's playing it, like... Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying play it shit, but... Underplay <laughs> Don't underplay well, got, it, but, I suppose like, you've got to go for it in the, if you get given a script like that. But Vicky and Dodo wouldn't be like she was, I don't think. No, Vicky would, Vicky would get out herself. You never know how you're going to react until you're threatened with... Fish conversion. Keep away! Bring her here. Don't be difficult, girl. It's quite painless. Lights? No! No! We're ready now. No! 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 One tiny jab. And you'll know no more about it. I just think, I don't think they'd scream that much. I don't think they'd be that, like, I think they'd be more like kicking and stuff. But I don't think they'd make it as, like, deeply. Well, they've even grabbed a hold of her and they've changed her into a whole um, surgical... Yeah, she's acting. Yeah. She's acting like she's going to be raped. Like, it's as dramatic as, like, what if we see scenes of rape on TV nowadays? It's as dramatic in her acting as that. At the end of it, it's a kid's show and they're going to turn you into a fish love. Like, it's not (laughs) some Shakespeare. And I just... It really... I don't know. Like, I I just don't think Vicky or... I mean, there's don't been like loads of theses written about how in the alien films that's a metaphor for rape and everything like that. And it is he's just being violated by somebody's yeah, about yeah. get get all scalpel on her. Oh yeah, completely. It's just the way it's just the context of it within the way she that, plays the it. The other violent bit in this is when um is it Damon when he gets stabbed? Or you think he Yeah. Gets... But I, that one didn't bother me as much. Maybe it's just because it nice. wasn't Polly being annoying, but it's weird as well that they choose to stab him with a trident when he hasn't got a top on. Like, the obvious thing to do, like, you watch, like, a Robin Hood film and you've got, like, a tunic especially so that you can hide the arrow and... Mm. Whereas yeah. it's just, like, full-on chest exposed. You see it goes straight in. It looks like it goes straight through it. And we thought he'd be We thought he was dead, yeah. yeah. We were like, he's dead. And then he, like, stumbles out. Like, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Tell Zaroff. But then you've got other bits where the guards get shot. I think it's it Zaroff that shoots them, and it's just obvious. And that's just like a sound effect. Yeah. Like, I think you see the gun, don't you? You see the gun, and you just hear the hear it off screen. It's a really strange sort of Such mixture strange of like mix. violence and then cheese hats. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... But I wasn't bored once throughout this whole story. Well, no, I mean... Let's go back to getting through the story a little bit. So so Ben and Jamie go off to the mines and they meet their friends, Jacko and Sean. Yeah. Have you got that written down? Because I wouldn't remember that. And I've yeah, seen it about well. a dozen times. Jacko, because you said he had a nice jacket. Yeah. Which one's the most Irish character ever to have <laughs> yeah. Irished? They like it's like they've gone. Let's represent the whole of the United Kingdom somehow. Let's get like Scotland in there and Ireland and some British. Yeah, and that's when we saw the sort of sixties. He's got the, yeah. the hard hat on and the sort of mining equipment of, of yeah. the modern time. And Jamie's, Jamie's like, doing yeah. his 
mining in his full Highlander outfit. There's definitely early Jamie and later Jamie, and the early Jamie is the early full, Jamie looks like he's just come out everything. of um, Braveheart. Yeah, like he's, he's just proper... he has, hasn't he? Well, well yeah. yeah, well he has, yeah. But going mining in that is not not pleasant, <laughs> not really practical. No. <laughs> and then Jamie falls off a cliff for a bit. Which was completely pointless. On film. Such a random scene. Because it just happens and then it, then they rescue him and that's it. It, it bonded them. It's very quick. It bonded them. Yeah, so I didn't that's really see the point it. of that. It, it's, it's a very weird one, I think. Just well, it's bizarre stop. that... I think it's bizarre having... What are they called, Sean and Jacko? The fact that they're two separate characters rather than one. Mm. Well, yeah, but then Ben can go off with one and Jamie can go off with one. Uh, I guess so. They can partner up, yeah. They're all very separate, actually. Which yeah. we're used to. Yeah, but you think because there's so many of them, they're, you know. So, yeah, it's Ar- Ara is the girl who helped Polly. One of our favourite, like, <laughs> cameo moments. I literally just read that I'd put Ara, girl who helped Polly, in massive felt-tip pen. <laughs> I've got written down Ramo, hat, Lawlum, <laughs> priest slash Cyril, and Damon, doctor. Yeah. Cyril. Um, so, okay, let's talk about Cyril because... He's immediately recognisable. Uh, once you saw maker, that, is, you couldn't yeah, not see Cyril. Yeah. I think he's in episode one, isn't he? Yeah, he's you hear it. in episode one, yeah. Yeah, and you hear him. It's the voice. Well, he, but he plays it the same. He's got that... When Cyril's, like, sniping at, at Dodo yeah. and Stephen, he does it exactly the same way in this. It's yeah. the same voice. And I'll be praised. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see him in something else to see if he's exactly... Or that's his Doctor Who acting, maybe. He's, he's very big and is not he? He is. Yeah, you said that. He should be in Panto. He'd be in your Panto. He'd be in my Panto. <laughs> a very unblue Panto. Very, <laughs> yeah. very un Panto. I don't think Cyril could do that. It's funny, though, isn't it? We, we can't remember Cyril. the name of his character in this, but we just called him Cyril the whole time. And we just kept looking at it like, every time he saw oh my God, it's so Cyril. It's, it's so Cyril. Cyril. <laughs> that, that's, that's so Cyril. That's so Cyril. <laughs> that's so Cyril. <laughs> and I mean, so he he, he's the... another one. He's another one. He, he's he's quite scantily clad, isn't he? Like, I mean, yeah. put, put put like a, a robe on a bit, Cyril. Like, I don't know. Do you know what? I feel like that. So Cyril could just become a phrase for forever. Like, there'll be moments where characters do something, and we could just be like that's so Cyril. <laughs> yeah. Whenever so he, the series gets big really, camp. Yeah. When yeah. it gets really camp. It's a Cyril moment. That's so Cyril. Just you wait until the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Cyril. <laughs> He's not in Doctor Who again, though, is he? From my my knowledge, I think we would remember, wouldn't we? <laughs> not unless he like really trans goes really um, deep into character. <laughs> <laughs> That's not so Cyril. <laughs> A miracle! Do you think, like, they saw that character and were like, we know the guy? Like, what made them think, let's bring back the guy that played that little annoying boy in the toy baker. Let's bring him in to be this as a priest. I bet he's in, like, as a policeman in Zed Cars or, like, a criminal or something like that. I feel like he's a Zed Cars, like, 60s actor that does... I bet he's done a really gritty 60s drama. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think there's been a few instances so far of characters playing different parts in different stories and just mm. cropping back up. The part of, like, the roster of 60s actors who were just floating around going yeah, from series yeah. to series. Then we get probably the greatest line of the whole okay. story. Nothing in the world can stop me now! And oh. that moment we were like, he's going to be up for a Oscar. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. He's absolutely crazy. But even before, when he's talking to the Doctor about his plans and stuff, he's very... We just haven't had anyone like him before. No, he's great. He just goes he's for it. Great. I think it's a yeah. great performance. It's like, he's, he's obviously seen the script and he's not sending it up either. He's like just really immersed in the part. Nothing in the world can stop me now! But he's an example of someone that does it brilliantly in that he's he does it very seriously but he acknowledges to the fact that of what the genre is and what the age of the audience is and stuff like he could have been really horrible nasty evil in this and he's just that right level he's scary enough that you're like oh you're the baddie you're a bit crazy but he's not like we you believe that he's mad 
and you believe that he can shoot people. But he's and not he'll do so whatever dark. He wants, but he's not. He's 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 that rare villain where his motivation is just madness. Like I think he says it's the scientist's dream of supreme power. But like, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. doesn't actually. I sounded a bit like Arnie there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, he doesn't want to like avenge anybody or no. no yeah, the, what's his, he just wants to blow everything up. Like this, he wants to be the no person that did that. There. Yeah, it's a, it's a very like you know some people have different goals. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's his. And he actually, I think I mentioned to Mark actually the other day that he was in a Bond film a couple of years later, but not the but not like the main baddie. He was just like yeah, he's just the side character, and he Aww. he's ideal Bond villain material. He's what you think of as a Bond villain, yeah, yeah, completely. completely. Pop him in there with Roger Moore, like. But maybe that's why he plays it so well. I could see him as... This whole kind of story feels very Bond-esque, to be honest. Oh, right, that's interesting. There's that evil side to it. There's a threat of, like, it would the make, world like, ending. If you did a film remake, like the Peter Cushing film remake of this, Doctor Who and Atlantis, that would work, wouldn't it? Yeah, I could imagine that. In, te- in Technicolor. Since they seem to be animating a lot more stories now, I'd love for them to do it an animation but one where they just go to town where they don't pretend to make it look like a 1960s production where they just have like crazy CGI-esque fish people in. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame they haven't animated this because it would... Well, yeah, it exists, it they don't need to animate it. No, the two. The other oh, two the other two, sorry. Yeah. Yes, I thought you yeah. meant like the sea people. I was like, <laughs> they Well, they'd have to animate the whole thing probably, yeah. They'd have to do the whole story as a, like a film. Then we've got the, the market scene as well, haven't we? They can't move around and there's nothing... To, there's this fountain in, in the middle... And that music is just going on. Oh, it would be so... If that music wasn't just going on and on and on, we couldn't hear what they were saying. Like, you can't hear because of the music. No, you couldn't. You couldn't hear... Like we were... A lot of extras too. Like, I mean... Or maybe yeah. it just seems like it because, like... It's just crammed in. <laughs> yeah. But they can't run round. You it's cannot like... hear what they're saying at all. No, you can't. When, when Polly's talking to the Doctor. It's, yeah. It seems like they've really tried to make this... With ten, 10 extras look like a whole civilization. So actually the kids, they're also in the In the beginning with the fish masks. With the fish masks. And I said to Mark, I was like, Can you imagine if you're a child and you've got cat you're gonna be in Doctor Who? <gasps> okay, you're gonna put this fish face on and just walk in a line. Like it's <laughs> me the most disappointing thing. When the doctor doesn't really appear. So you won't really see the doctor, but you're gonna be in it. William Hartnell when the rock up as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they've got Patrick Trout dressed in his yeah in the market, dressed as a, an old lady. Uh, <laughs> is that what you took that disguise to be? Because I never quite know. Because I think Ben says, "Oh, are you dressed up as a sailor today, or something like that." Um, <laughs> I don't, know. I don't I, know what it is. I just thought it was a. I took it as an old lady. lady. Yeah, I took it as old because of the Highlanders as well. Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah, yeah, dressing up is his thing. He just he yeah. just loves. And he has, that, that, he has that black Mac in as well. I really like the um, Polly and Ara, uh, their costumes in this scene. I love it. I love the shells and the seaweed skirt. I did. I thought, I thought to be fair, we've had a lot worse costumes. Oh, you've had worse, yeah. So compared to some, I thought, actually, you know, a bit different. And they could have just had shell boobs. Like, she could have just been wearing a shell bra. But they didn't. They at least, like, fully, like, made a, a dress out of it. No complaints on the um, the wetsuit front, either. I mean... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> ben and Jamie is the wetsuit guards. Yeah. It's the guards, yeah. Do you know what? Like, I may just be completely overthinking things, but I think Ben, Jamie and Polly are, like, the first sort of... They're really sexy. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? They're, like, they're not playing children or, and they're not playing teachers they're no. actually like yeah it's okay to fancy them they're like current yeah current 60s oh yeah, yeah completely like... they sort of say that don't they as well like i'm sure you've told me that that they you can tell this is the point where they went to doctor who we wanted to like grow up almost yeah. you've even got like the, the blonde screaming girl who is like the archetype doctor who companion like it's yeah. fine yeah. now that you've got polly is essentially you mention a Doctor Who companion, you're going to play a Doctor Who companion. You think of blonde, screaming, uh, yeah. short skirt. That's who it is. Yeah, that's where they've got to at this point. Yeah, yeah. 
So episode three, um, you have you in the markers. <laughs> got all got all the kids running around. Well, about two kids running around. That's enough. Then there's a sort of hoo ha with a with a trident. Stabbing the the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> the carpet. And, and they from... miss Polly, unfortunately. Oh no! Yeah. And then the whole fish ballet sequence happens in the middle of all this, like uh, because yeah. Jacko and I'm just looking at my... Sean. <laughs> I think it is Sean, isn't it? I, I wrote know. Sean down. Have I just made up that Sean? He's Sean now. He's Sean. They go to start a revolution, like. They yeah. go to see the fish. Oh, yes. And they're like... Got- it's such a weird scene. <laughs> they sort of bully them and then they're like, no, nah, no, this is really what you need to be doing. Like, it's such a weird scene. <laughs> and they're throwing all those rocks. They're proper throwing rocks at them as well. You can hear them bouncing off the set. They're like proper yeah. hard. Like, actual- that, That's one of those scenes where I like, imagine that like you'd never tuned into Doctor Who and then you just like have this Irish guy like... <laughs> Shouting at fish people. That, I thought it was really weird that they sent these two side characters that we've not really met up before to do it. Like, I'm because, surprised yeah, one of the... because then one after of the, that, you don't, they don't really have much part of the story after that. I don't know why they didn't send, like, what, like for example, Ben with them or, or someone, so one of our main people is with them at that moment when that's happening. It's just really odd, I think, that, like, these two people... I suspect the reason why it's these two side characters is it's all sort of the time constraints in filming these episodes is you have to, the companions have to basically miss rehearsals to go at this pre-filming and then they film the whole studio stuff on yes. one night. Yeah, it's yeah. Probably so that the companion, the regulars can basically stay in the studio. They've just got these side characters. But saying that, when Jamie, when Jamie's been rescued... That's Ben going to help him, and I think it's Sean, like one either Sean or Jacko. One of them is missing in that in that whole sequence, and then suddenly they're, they're, they're sort of, there. Then suddenly they turn up at the end. It, it was, was a bit Jacko obvious that they was wasn't, there. Wasn't there for the film. I think Sean suddenly was supposed to be with them, like in studio he was with them, and then on film he's not. And then and then right studio, at the end he's there. Uh, yeah, Didn't he like say just... Jamie. He's like whatever. Yeah, is that even that in itself was weird? Because he was with Jamie, yeah. Jamie falls, and then Ben's in a separate thing, completely saving him, and it just right at the end just walks in and puts his hand out to pull him up. Mm. Well, the other guy's really just check, checking out the caves. He's he's checking ahead. He's mm. seeing what the what the tunnels are like. I know. So the fish people rebel, and it's to stop the food supply, so that all the fish food is going to go off because yeah. it needs. They can't be. He can't. They don't have fridges in Atlantis. No. no. <laughs> you think Zaroff would have made some? But, like, I mean, this feels very like of this, of right, we're recording just before Christmas. It, and I'm thinking Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like, and I'm thinking of the fact that all the lorries are now stuck on the motorways and they've said that. We're not going to get our fish buffets. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking just before Christmas. Underwater menace is a reality. Zaroff for Prime Minister, please. <laughs> it's like well ahead of its time. I, yeah, I don't really have that much seafood anyway. Well, you, Mark, you'd be sad if that's all you ate. That's <laughs> yeah, all they have. If that's all I get, I suppose, if that's all I had. It's not like, oh, well, we'll just grab a chicken instead. Like, <laughs> they're underwater. That is their only source of food. They can grow, like, um, plants and stuff underwater. Yeah, but they're not getting given, are they? Because the fish people aren't doing their work. That's a... What are they mining for? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> they're going. They're digging down to the earth yeah, so that it'll for? steam, and then uh, that'll make the world explode. Because we're oh. that ridiculous. Do you remember? See, that the scene? Whole, yeah, that explanation with the vase. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like the most ridiculous explosion vase scene. I was mm. like, nothing explodes like that. Because there's some there's some bit about Zaroff's giving them a whole a sugar coated pill of a fresh yeah. food supply, and so this is yeah. what's basically tempting them to drill into their city and... I, I don't know, I lost track there when he said when he said sugar-coated pill, I was just thinking of sweets <laughs> and didn't listen to what he was saying. <laughs> I just see sugar. <laughs> <laughs> they believe they're getting extra food of some sort. Yeah. Um, and so that's why they're digging. But actually, because they're going down to the core, all the water will go in there and the steam will make the world explode, like the vase. Because it's hot in the core right. of the earth. But we don't have an explanation. 
but we don't have an explanation as to why he wants to do this. Who? But he wants to raise Atlantis, so that would raise Atlantis up. Oh, they believe. They, they believe. think that would raise Atlantis no, up. No, 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 no. I think they just believe that he's got a plan to raise Atlantis up. Right. And the side of this is, you dig and you'll get more food. He's just right. like, you know, hey, look at this. If you do this, you'll dig. But they believe that he has a plan to lift right. Atlantis. The Atlantis people presumably don't know about the lift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why don't they all just go up onto the beach? <laughs> and get That's a chicken? so true. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, they've got their own lift. Well, maybe he's told them there's been some sort of nuclear disaster up there and they can't. Yeah, because they would believe that, I would think, if they... Yeah. Like, Cyril would believe that. They're very... They believe, like, Amdo is there and he's mm. there to save them and everything and... I think the religion is probably blinding them slightly. They've got the face of Amdor. They believe that mm. Amdor's speaking to them when it's actually... Is it Ben? Ben, speaking through it. Yeah. Presumably, yeah. the religion has been around longer than Zaroth has been down there. Because, mm. I mean, yeah. what, he's in his 50s. Like, I mean, the longest he's been... I mean, he might have been a world-famous scientist in his 20s and realistically been down there for 30 years, but I mean... I feel it's like he's been down there like five, ten years max. Oh, really? That lot? I would have said a couple of weeks. What? You think he's managed to like, create fish people in a couple of weeks and an entire laboratory well, down there? He must yeah, but... have been really charismatic to, to win them over. I, oh. I feel like they've sort of built this, because all those scientists but learn I, from him. But I would have thought he would have just gone with it and been doing that pretty quick. I think it takes a while to get down to the Earth's centre, Mark. Yeah, I, feel okay. like, I feel like he's been there, because he's very established there as well. I feel like he's been there for years and okay. he's, it's not like, I've just come and this is all like, ooh, sorted for me. I reckon 10 or 15 years. It's, it's quite amazing, really, that I think The Underwater Menace I read somewhere is one of the few stories that doesn't have any prequels or sequels. There's no sort of spin-off CD or... It can begin here. Maybe it's Zaroff's missing years. Um, what are you yeah. up to? Oh, yeah, I'm surprised the fish people haven't been, haven't come back, actually. Yeah. I think it's the thing, the, the rare thing of like a, a creature that isn't a baddie. I mean, I get, I guess you've got, you've mm. had the Chumbleys, but I mean, the closest, I mean, historicals, obviously, you don't have a monster, but Zaroff is a monster, has monstrous intentions. The fish people, they're nice, aren't they? They're just, they're just fish people. Yeah, they're just people that are fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's not an actual, yeah, Zaroff is the baddie in this. Yeah. But Atlantis isn't historical in that sense. I don't feel of it as a, like, when I think of Atlantis, I think more of, like, mythical and fantasy than I think historical. It just so happens to be something that people talk about, the lost city of Atlantis, you know. But it's not like a... I remember in, like, late 90s in Blockbuster, there was always, like, a cartoon, like, an animated film, Atlantis, which I never actually watched. The Disney one. Is it actually? I don't think it's actually Disney, is it? It's one of the sort of. It's no. like Anastasia, where it's like sort of copycat studio. Uh, it, no, it's Disney. It's actual Disney. Mind blown. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very good. It doesn't look like Disney, but it. Yeah, it is. It is Disney. It's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> Maybe it was the sort of like post Golden Age lull. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There yeah, is that Golden Age lull. It was like two thousand and two or three. Yeah, like post Tarzan. Yeah. Treasure Planet. Oh, Treasure Planet's really good. It, I think it was just after Treasure Planet. The Underwater Menace is just fun in it. Just yeah, yeah. No, actually, it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, it's not it's not like, slog or anything. We really enjoyed yeah. it. But production wise, it is very sort of. It looks like the costumes and everything look like they were possibly made in the thirties. No, yeah, I'm I'm just going if you yeah if you're just talking production wise, it's the Web Planet. That's what I mean by that. It actually right, looks yeah. like. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen those sort of very early silent films um, like, um, oh, A Trip to the Moon, George yeah. Melliers, where they're like, they're literally like cardboard sets and people dressed in gripping fish heads. It It is a little bit like George Melliers, like that's probably like 1902 or something that those films were yeah. made. I don't think it's that, but I think it's all right. I don't, I didn't think that bad of it. I actually thought the costumes were quite good and I thought I really liked that distinction between the old and the new 
You know, you've yeah. got old Atlantis, and it was really distinctive. Mm. Who was that? Who were the people of that time, that era? And then you've got the new, which was the people working with the scientists and all that, you know, who've learned all these new skills and have sort of progressed away sort of from the old. I thought I'd like that you could see the difference. I wish we had like an elderly sort of curmudgeonly Atlantean who's like, are these these young'uns coming down here with their um, the wetsuits and pistols. <laughs> I used to like but, how Atlantis used to be. Does that mean it's like it was from a visual perspective, you knew who was who. If they'd have looked too futuristic, I like that they looked a little bit oldie and their costumes seemed that sort of like vintage old because I think if they'd have looked too futuristic, then it would have just looked worse. It's almost like... It's the lossity, sort of um, hierarchy, specialness, you know, specialness, you know what I mean, of it. And you're then, wearing a cape. You're, you're one of the one of the important ones. Just like, I don't know, it gives it the royalty. That's the word I'm looking for, the royalty. It sort of has a royalness to it, like the ceremony of it and the way that they have these over the top. It's very, it's very sort of regal. If any villain was going to have a cape, it's got to be Zaroff. And he, he swishes it around a bit. Yeah. I just I just thought it was really good. Mark hated it, I can tell. Well, no, I don't you're hate not saying it. Anything. No, I don't hate it. I'm just thinking I understand the look of it now and the reasoning behind it where I didn't before. Yeah. I think it's one of those stories that you wouldn't show somebody who isn't a fan because they'd rip the piss out of it. Oh, yeah. Even modern Doctor Who's where you're like, oh, God, this is a little bit... But I found... Um, I, I can think of other episodes of Doctor Who that I found more embarrassing than this one. There's just some way you're like, they're just not... Whereas actually, I think, considering it's a time that we kind of know, but we don't know, you can sort of do anything. I actually thought they were very... They could have been a lot worse. But I think, I think like, Patrick Troughton's great. Like, I think episode yeah. two, he has, like, well, some great blowing up the vase and... This is the first time... This is the first time that Sarah's seen Patrick Troughton on film because we've only had the animation and... Stills, yeah. I I thought he was great. I really enjoyed it. I I, I thought he was really good. I've I've, I've not really had anything bad. There's little bits of, in inverted commas, that business that he does that I think you wouldn't get even if you're watching the reconstruction. And I think that's why it's so fun when an episode comes back that's been missing. And you're sort of like, oh, I wondered what he was doing there. Oh, there's going to be so many moments, yeah. yeah. I bet where he taps yeah. his head and he goes like, um, when he's trying to explain how Zaroff's just mad and he's like, tap, tap, nothing. Just, there's just yeah, little, yeah. little bits where his facial expressions are just like hilarious. His little face lights up when he sees the hat and I think, mm. yeah. yeah. It just it makes you sad that you, we're missing so many of those moments in other stories that yeah. we're missing. I'm really glad that we got Nothing in the world can stop me now on film. Yeah, because we went back to the telesnaps in episode four, so back to the normal... Back to the grind. (laughs) Yeah. So I found it a little bit more difficult to follow. Everything starts flooding. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Everything starts flooding, and you don't really see many of the other characters. Like, you don't see Cyril again. You don't see... I wouldn't be able to tell you what happened to the... Like, all of the Atlanteans. No. Like, where did they go? It's just mentioned off... They sort of get them out. Say, are they getting them out, or, they are are they, or do they drown, or what? You don't really. I don't understand what happens to everyone. He, they're saying that they're trying to get everyone out. That's what they're saying. So. I mean, I only rewatched episode one ahead of this, so I think the last oh, right. time that I saw the whole story was probably about four or five months ago, maybe. Zarov stays down and obviously gets drowned in his lab. I don't know, just like Ara get out and stuff. I don't. I wouldn't be able to say what happens to them. The, they say that like. They've kept all the doors open for people to get out. They've kept some doors open for people to escape. And is that where Jacko and Sean go? I don't know. And but get like, Because then you just don't really hear mention them. And then it's Ben and the Doctor with Zaroff a lot of it. Polly and Jamie yeah. climbing out and then suddenly they go. They've and you obviously don't really, got people out because... It's a bit of a rushed ending. But they've obviously got people out because they say about how we will restart again, but not... Yeah, like but the maybe leader guy who it's a different... mentioned. I can't remember his name. But him, yeah, he's they sort of so they've obviously got people like we just don't see it happen because we're We're just in our story. It's all a little bit Troy. It's all a little bit just complete carnage in episode four. 
I don't know how many people actually succumb to the waters of Atlantis, but I mean, in terms of like the action and presumably a lot of the budget went on the whole flooding of Atlantis. So yeah, much. because you can see because on the telesnaps it just says like water flooding and stuff. How what was that? How much? Water did they have? Did they have water in the studio? Well, was you, it like a model that was they just see, like... You see it like coming through the eyes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but in is, the that, mouth. is that the big model in the studio that they put water through? Would they do that? Maybe, but I don't. it looks really cool. Maybe it's a bit like, isn't there a, I think it's in the Aztecs, Ian is in like a tunnel that's flooding and you just see it. So you see a little bit of pre-filming of somebody's feet with water trickling <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah, it might be like that, like a hand or something with yeah. water. Yeah, I can't imagine them like flooding the studio or doing... A lot on. They might have done like little. Day. They might have built a smaller version of the set. Yeah, I reckon there's like a model, and it's just and they've like pumped water through. through the model. Yeah, I think so. Then you see that very small clip of Zaroff drowning in his lab, ducking his head. That's obviously on film, then on another. Yeah, it must be in a tank. Well, does the does the water fill up or does he just duck? <laughs> I think he just yeah. Yeah, probably just. Goes I don't down think they himself. actually drown. I'm him. imagining they filled up this whole thing, but yeah, no, you're right. From the footage, yeah, I think it's just him ducking his head. It's quite dramatic. I mean, the doctors just gonna, they're just going to leave him, aren't they? And then the doctor said, "Oh, wait a minute, Ben, I can't just leave him like that." There we go. Yeah. That's that's the doctor's moral moment for you. Yeah. First doctor at the very start, at least. I mean, went back when he was going to. Clobber a caveman over caveman over the head with a stone. Like the first doctor, especially early first doctor before he had like Ian and Barbara, would have definitely just let Zaroff just take the plunge. Oh, the first doctor would be out there, wouldn't he? Yeah. Somehow. And Barbara would have looked like pained behind her as he drowned and then just walked off. Yeah. And then while that's happening, supposedly Jamie and Polly are are off together on the beach. On the beach. In your new theory. Yeah. That's why she brought that's why she brought him onto the TARDIS. That's why she grabbed his hand, like, come with me. She's already got Jamie in mind. They they're off pretty quickly, aren't they? But then so they haven't really spent t- that much time well, Jamie's not spent that much time with the doctor. Jacko and Sean have a moment where they Jacko see the Jacko and Sean see them off. Yeah. See them off. Yeah. They see they say something like, if that's one of those phone boxes. Yeah. And then it goes. Oh, they, yeah. are they on the... They they're on the on beach. The... They're on the beach, yeah. yeah. They're on the beach at the end. Do you notice at the end, Polly's wearing the Doctor's hat? Yes. Polly puts the hat on in the does TARDIS. She? Did you notice that? No. no. The hat, that does. hat is still around. I, I am the Doctor. I'm wearing the I hat. I swear that's what she thinks. Yeah. I swear that's like... Well, we know uh, Annika Wills wasn't fond of this story. No. But so, then um, we're not fond of Annika Wills, so it's all good. <laughs> you, you were so right. Like, when I think of the previous episode, they're just all so smug. Like they know everything, and actually, it's it's nice to like what I really liked about Jamie in this. Right, haven't talked about Jamie that much, other than we talked about him in the previous one, but not in this. Actually, I think he he does he cements himself really well. He's like assertive but not over assertive, and he doesn't seem to come across as like a know it all in the way that like the others do. They all like sort of tease him almost, don't they? Like. Oh, you don't know these things. Oh, you don't know. It's like bloody hell, guys. You've only been going for like they've four stories. Yeah, they've hardly been in it, really. Like, and well, you think you know everything? Yeah, like four stories. Four stories. Polly's an expert, and I just so actually, I like really, I quite liked him being there because it did quite it did break it up a bit. Just thinking of smug Polly and Annika and your hatred for Annika. Um, I, I did notice. I, I googled a couple of um, underwater menace reviews before this, and um, I think it was for the fiftieth anniversary. The Radio Times website reviewed every single Doctor Who story from the start, and during all the episodes when Polly's in Doctor Who, they have an anecdote at the end of each review, uh... <laughs> which is basically that like they've had Annika over the phone and. The, yeah, just go on like I don't know search like Power of the Daleks Radio Times review and it just has like uh, this week's Annika Dort uh, <laughs> oh no like, that I've not heard of that I haven't looked on the other ones but on the Underwater Menace she's basically saying how she was horrible at the director she's not completely bad but I, I understand what you're getting from from her I've had a few experiences with her but not, she's not that bad. Mark, she gave you a dirty look because you already have a signature in your book. You've gone and made the effort to be there and she makes a dirty look about it. Like, at least be like, oh, it's already signed. 
you know, no. And like that, and she has this really weird, like pompous laugh. Oh no, I've just no time for it. Well, so I got the audiobook of her book as well because <laughs> I liked it so much. So then I saw her again to get it signed. Right, I heard in a queue at a convention people talking about her book and stuff. And I think she fell out with whoever published it or something. Anyway, Sounds like something about, happened. Right. I sort of had an idea of this. But anyway, so I got the audiobook of it signed. So I was like... <laughs> so she sort of gave it a look like, oh, not this thing again. Like, she's fed up because she doesn't like her book anymore. And um, she just started going off on how she's got tons of these boxes of these books at her house now. And she's had all these problems with the publisher and stuff. And I was like, okay, well... She just started complaining about it quite a lot. And I said, because I actually got book one and two, and then actually I sent book one and two. I bought copies as well and sent them to my mum. So I said, oh, I've got, I've got quite, I bought quite a few copies of this book. And she was like, oh, well, there's, there's still tons of them. And I've heard all these problems. And she just went off on one about like how much she didn't really like this book and this guy. And I was like, who does that? Anyway, anyway, so I've got the, I've got the CD sign. Do you, do you know who he, she was married to, too, Sarah? Yes, the toy maker. I mean, I was watching um, the Michael Keaton Batman, um, ba- Batman Returns with it being a, a Christmas film and it being close to Christmas when we were recording this. And the fact that the Celestial Toy Maker's in there, like a, a big Hollywood blockbuster as Alfred, <laughs> that he's like quite a, a well-regarded actor and he was a toy maker and he was... It, it's just, it's like six degrees yeah. of separation, isn't it? To Annika Wills, yeah. To Annika Wills. <laughs> six degrees of Annika, yeah. <laughs> but um, she is nice, though, as well. I don't want this to be like a hating on Annika Wills. Well, as long podcast. as Polly's around, I don't see. <laughs> but I can only talk about my experiences with her, and that's that's what happened those times. So. <laughs> Just, I just think like, why would you? Why would you be so rude to people? Like to no, fans? Not so rude. She was just a bit like. But no, oh, no, it is. It's like, like one centered world, i.e., me. My not the fact that like you've bought several of her books. Most people would be like, oh, what did you think? Or oh, thank yeah. you. It's just one world, Annika world. You know. I mean, if I was to meet. <laughs> Sorry. Just Sarah's Sarah just turned and like <laughs> took a big swig of some waters and like right, had quite enough of that. But yeah, Annika, I think if I was to meet Annika, which I don't think I ever will, because I don't I don't like the ideas of meeting actors and all that sort of thing. But I think if I was to, I'd ask her to say, you're not turning me into a fish. <laughs> well, good luck with that because I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think she'd say anything. I think she'd say what she wants to say, and that would be that. <laughs> well, well, she's still she's still in the TARDIS. She might redeem herself. Like, yeah, I mean, I I live in hope for Mark's sake, but yeah, she just needs Jeez. to get out of her own ass, really. But <laughs> right, anyway, let's leave it there. <laughs> this can go on and on, and we don't want to get any like Annika hate. Because I think there's a bit of a trend at the moment in these Patrick Troughton stories of each story le- um, yeah. leads into the other. It's it's back it's back to what it was in the early sort of first Doctor stories of each story has a cliffhanger and the character the regular the companions can't even take a breath before they're sort of catapulted into the next adventure. So something it's something with the TARDIS, isn't it? About so they say that he can't fly the TARDIS or something, and he's yeah. like, "Yes, I can." Yeah, uh, pushes a few buttons, and then they're like, "Whoa, we're like, you know." Yeah, it, after Jamie happens. saying, "Like the one place I feel really safe is in this TARDIS." <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, ultimate like. He's only been in there finish. thirty seconds, and it's all <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and then the next story is called the Moon Base. Mm, so I'm thinking future, like yeah. future, future. Um, the moon. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, but I feel like, I don't know, they'll encounter people or things on the moon. That's what I feel. People or things on the moon. So, um, should we play the game? Okay, yeah. Okay, let's... Do you want to explain what's happening? Right, okay, we're going straight to the game. There we go, that's the underwater menace. Okay, so Sarah has some battles in time cards. She is going to say what she sees on the card. Okay, so we have to guess what monster she is describing. Oh, okay. So it could be any monster, classical, new. So I'll tell you now, 
I don't go higher than the fifth doctor. Shall we take it in turns to guess then? No, I just thought or you do we could... just shout out? I think you just shout out. Okay, we'll just shout out. It's going to shout this out to me. Right. And then, is this me? That... We we are both guessing. Yeah, I'm describing... Sarah's was... describing and we are we are both guessing. This one, really famous, Metalhead. The Cyberman? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, fine. I thought it nice and okay. easy. that was easy. I'm slightly terrified of Sarah seeing spoilers here. It's fine. By the time... She... <laughs> She won't remember by the time we get round to it. It's fine. Oh, yeah, that card. <laughs> okay, this one, um, it looks like um, a Cyberman, but like it's proper, it's got more of a face. And then like they've put a grey wig on it, um, like an old lady wig. Um, it looks like it's got a metal face. Is it Third Doctor? Yes. <gasps> What's uh, it called? What's it called? <gasps> it's not um, an Axon, is it? Yeah. Yes! Axon Girl, specifically. Is it gold? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was going by the hair on that one. This one looks like... Now, I can only see a face. It looks like it's like um, panto drag with giant red lips. So, like, think really big face, giant painted on pink lips with then, like, black... Like moustache going down, so, sort of to look it, oriental. Fourth doctor. Fourth doctor. Really bad at this. Mr. Sin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there he is. I've literally got a figure of him. <laughs> no, I've that... never hit, heard him being described as panto drag before. <laughs> Last one here. So. It kind of looks like a Cyberman, but covered in diamante. Well, Cl- Cy- Ky- Chiron, Siron. Cl- 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 no, so it's like, it's got like a metal body and then like the diamantes are like in diamonds and like shoulder pads. Um, and then it's got like a metal face. Do you mean cryons? Yeah. But it's not that. But they're not, not cryons. Uh, no. It's, it's got a, like... It's a fifth doctor. It's fifth doctor. Um, and then it's got like oh, a diamond on I its head. I know the story. I'm kind of I don't know. Think like Iron Man. Yeah, android. It's that robot. Android. From the it's not just an android. Paraleptal android. <laughs> Looks like a Lady Gaga Cyberman. There we go. There we go. What a there fun game. Pant, pant or drag man with a muscle. <laughs> drag man. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, that rounds off the episode for today, I think. Yeah. So we'll look forward to the moon base next time. Uh, so thanks, Peter, for... I want, I want to join you on the moon, but I better get back to... Oh, yes, yeah, so... Um... <laughs> Mark's already oh, forgot. Yes. <laughs> oh, right, OK, let me just... OK, yeah, so... Um, I think the water is seeping back in here. <laughs> we better get out. Take Zaroff secret lift. Yes, we'll take the lift back up to the beach. We'll take the octopus with us. We'll set it free. We'll take some... you um, captured ...fish it. buffet with you... us as well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I bet... Run, you need to get a fridge. Run for a fridge. Yes. Yeah, we'll get the fridge. All right. We'll get it sorted out. we better go before the this lab is flooded. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, so. <laughs> I mean, the great goddess Amdor's going to come for us, if not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, Peter, thanks for joining us on the Underwater Menace. Yeah, thanks, Peter. And we'll get, we'll um, have to switch off the time space visualizer and get that in the lift as well, if it'll fit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> And and where can people find you on Twitter? If you want the, if you want them to. <laughs> As Uncommon Pilgrim and let's gather and I want more um, underwater men's support. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Come and come and share the love. That's so Cyril. Anyway, <laughs> that's so Cyril. That's so Cyril. <laughs> right, okay, well we better leave it there. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Watch him.